Welcome to Literary Quest, a podcast hosted by us, Vicki and Marissa, where we discuss our favorite and fantasy fiction and hopefully can direct you in your quest to find your next great read. Welcome to Literary Quest. Today we are discussing That Time That I Got Drunk and Saved a Demon by Kimberly Lemming. I will be talking about characters and locations, and Marissa will be doing the plot. So, first off, we have Cinnamon Hot Pepper. She is our main female lead. She is not interested in a life adventure. She just wants to live happily with her family. She's great at standing up for herself and has a ton of confidence. She has several brothers, including Cumin and Chili, and she also had one sister, Cherry, who passed away. Her best friend is a cheese maker named Brie. Then we have Fallon Azul, our main male lead. He is a demon. He is, of course, attractive. He is also protective of cinnamon and likes to solve conflicts with violence. He is trying to break a curse on demons and enlist cinnamon's help. There are also a few other demons in this book. We have Felix, a werewolf and Ambrose, a snake demon, or Naga, or what's it called? Lemia. Or Lemia. Uh, And we have Usha, the innkeeper who joins them on their quest. In terms of locations, they try to travel all over the map. Um, They spend a large portion of time in Wandermere, though, where demons are kept as pets slash slaves. Marissa, would you like to pick up with the plot? Sure. I would love to pick up with our plot. So our story begins with Sin and her whole town celebrating the departure of Priscilla, who was chosen by the goddess Myva, along with some other heroes, to use her power to protect them from the demons. Now Priscilla was demanding and insufferable, so while they're all glad that she'll be protecting them, They're also glad to see her go to, even though they're worried that she won't come back because the heroes never do come back. Sin drunkenly makes her way to her best friend Bree's cheese stand, and Bree encourages her to go home. On the way home, a cloaked man attempts to mug her, but Sin recognizes him as one of the hooligan kids from town and chases him through the woods. She's drunk, though, so she loses him, and she stumbles upon an injured man buried under brush. She helps him and he tells her to run before he attacks her. The man is a demon, and so they are crazed and murderous, and Sin is shocked, uh, but flees with him hot on her tail. She makes it to her family's spice fields, which are maze-like, and so she's able to sneak through and lose him, which gets her closer to her parents' house, uh, before the demon catches up to her. And so he catches her, and she thrashes him with a cinnamon stick, and then barricades herself in her parents' house before falling asleep. The next morning, she wakes for breakfast with her parents and brothers, and no one believes that she actually saw a demon until said demon shows up in her kitchen, but this time, he's not trying to kill her. Cinnamon, the actual spice, apparently disrupts the magic that makes demons crazed, and so with his senses intact, he tells Sin and her family that their magic goddess, Maiva, is actually a, a leech or a lick 
an evil undead witch who's been using her magic for years to force enslavement on the demons in Volstag, uh, where the demons live and where life is brutal for them. Also, when not forced into madness by Maiva's magic, demons are actually sensible, sentient beings. The demon, Fallon, tasks Sin with helping him destroy the phylacteries, which uh, are vessels that help Maiva maintain power. And Sin agrees because helping people who are disadvantaged and enslaved is the right thing to do. They go to the temple in town, which has a force field around it that keeps demons out but lets humans in. Sin enters the temple and finds the phylactery, which is a chalice that's made of wood, and attempts to destroy it. But when she starts to damage it, this sludgy stuff starts pouring out and bone orcs form from it. Um, the sludgy stuff is Maiva, and she's pissed. And so the bone orcs try to attack Sin, uh, but she's able to hold her own, and Fallon is eventually able to help. She destroys the chalice, but there's three more left in different temples, and so she and Fallon load up a cart with supplies and take off to Wandermere, where the next temple is. To get there, they have to travel through swamp, Swampland, Sin asks Felon not to kill more humans, and he vows not to, but eventually he does again. When bandits try to overtake them, he also saves Sin one night when she is lured into water by a monster that has taken the form of her dead sister. While traveling, Sin introduces Felon to his, his first crawfish boil, and when she kills an alligator and cooks it for him, he declares that he is going to marry her. They make it to Wandermere and are instantly suspicious of the vibe, but try to find a tavern to stay at. They find one that's one run by a woman named Usha, who tells them that in their city, demons have to be collared and leashed to contain their crazy. Um, basically, they're made slaves, and so Sin and Fallon are both infuriated by that, but they need to lay low, so she has Usha find them a collar for Fallon. Uh, Sin and Fallon make plans in their room that evening for obtaining the next phylactery, uh, but they find Usha eavesdropping outside the door. They think she's going to be a problem, but she's not. Usha doesn't believe that Maiva is bad at first, um, but she realizes that Fallon is a demon and he's sentient, and so obviously some of what they've been told is a lie, and she decides to help because... Slavery is bad. So they come up with a plan to use Sin's spice cart as a distraction near the temple, which is also where all of the mages in town live, and that's not really an ideal situation. While waiting for time to go after the chalice, Sin stumbles upon a demon being whipped by a man who wants him to transform into a werewolf so he can skin him. Sin haggles with the guy to buy the demon so she can free him, and the guy tacks on a... Uh, Lamia or a snake demon as part of the deal and so she leads the demons to an alley and uses cinnamon to break Maiva's curse on them they take oh, just a little bit to convince that um, Sin is not actually trying to harm them or enslave them and then they're down to help her with her plan to get the chalice Destroying the chalice is a little harder this time. The same sludgy thing happens with the orcs, but also there are mages trying to kill Sin and the demons and Usha this time. And so she destroys the chalice, but the mages are pissed and persistent. And when one hurts Sin, Fallon transforms into a dragon 
and rains down fire on half of the town before taking off to the local Colosseum. Sin makes a plan to meet with Usha and her new demon friends down at the harbor to steal a boat and leave town because they're criminals now because they've destroyed half the town. And then Sin runs off to the Colosseum to keep Fallon from destroying the whole town. She frees a group of demon gladiators on the way and then finds and calms Fallon. He and Sin bathe together, have sexy times, and then she falls asleep. Sin wakes the next morning and her werewolf friend escorts her. Usha has made herself captain and uh, Sin is second mate or second in command and, and then they take off in the direction of the next temple. And things go well for a bit. Sin acknowledges that she loves Fallon and she agrees to marry him. Um, but they come alongside a cargo ship and decide to pillage it. And things are going smooth, except that a giant silver man emerges from the ship and turns into a storm dragon. It's bad news bears. Uh, Fallon changes form to fight the, fat, the dragon, but Sin can see that one of the chalices has been tied to the storm dragon's mane, and so she uses one of her flying horses to get airborne before dropping down onto the storm dragon to destroy the chalice. She is successful, but she and the dragons fall out of the sky because being a dragon is exhausting, and they crash land on an island. The dragons pass out, and Sin sets up camp. Usha and the demons find them the next day, and they make their way to Ubin's Eye, which is the last stronghold to find the last chalice and free the demons from Maiva's tyranny. Our friends reach it, but Maiva is pissed and she has gathered a horde of demons to protect her temple. On top of that, Priscilla and the other heroes, including Sin's ex, emerge from the temple to protect it too. So will our friends be able to destroy the, the last chalice and will the demons be freed? Spoilers abound. So this was a first read for both of us. Yes? Yes. Yes. Um, I read it on my plane ride over to Arkansas. And it was a great read for an airplane. I really liked it. There were some actual, like, laugh out loud moments. Um, it was very funny. And felt kind of bad because the guy next to me was sleeping and I snorted at one point. <laughs> <laughs> and he looked surprised. But you know what? That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> he won't remember. No. I really enjoyed it, too. It was a pretty quick read. This book is less than 200 pages, but it's really cute. Um, it was recommended to us by one of our followers on Instagram. So if you like a book, you can recommend it to us. We love book recs. Our TBR lists just grow and grow and grow. So we are always open to suggestions. The This book has, like, the best opening line. So it starts out with... I had only two things on my mind, cheese and how to get home. And I just find that very relatable because I am often wondering those things as well. It's more like cheese and when do I get to go home, but still, cheese. So the names in this book, I'm not, they were really entertaining. Um, so her friend, right, is a cheesemaker and so her name is Bree and her family they're cinnamon farmers i guess they're spice farmers so oh. they're all named after spices yeah except cherry which seemed really weird because cherry isn't a spice i mean there are so many spices as far too. as we know like coriander that's also like that could be a name like with the nickname of like cory yeah or yeah. ander or 
Ree. Rosemary. Rander. Rosemary is like an actual name, too. Yes, it is. Um, Juniper. Is Juniper a spice? They make gin mm-hmm. with Juniper. Thyme. Thyme. Mint. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Tony Sacheries. All spice. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of names. Yeah. Lots of things to choose from. Cherry is not a spice that I know of. But whatever. That's her name. But her (laughs) brothers are named like Chili and Cumin too. And I don't remember if it says her parents' names. But I think it's cute. If you were going to start a family band, I feel like you would want to name all of your kids after the same thing. Right? Yeah. It kind of made me think of the Kardashians with all of them starting with all K. All of the K's, mm-hmm. yes. All yeah. of the K's. Or like in the Bridgerton series, the names of the child, the Bridgerton ch- children are all like alphabetical. Like Anthony, I don't remember the B. Brian, Bruce, those are not Victorian England names. Baldwin, no. It doesn't matter. Colin, Daphne, whatever. Boy, I wonder what the B was. Byron? It went alphabetically? Yeah. Yeah, that's the point. It went alphabetically. They had a theme. There was a lot of sex in this book for it only being 175 pages. Yeah, like, it was a good mix, too. Like, there was a decent amount of build-up to it. Yes, there was, like, some good plot along with the sex. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was surprising for how short it was. Yeah. The amount of depth there was to the story, which is nice. I like it. I think that's hard to do. Yes. And I was thinking, because I tried to find an alien book to read the other day, and I realized that so many of them are short, and I think that might be one of the reasons why we like Zoe Dravens so much, is that they're longer, so it gives more time Mm -hmm. to, like, develop everything, so it's harder with these shorter books, but she did a great job with that. Yeah. Um, I feel like Alyssa Thorne is another author who does a really good job of writing short books with full character growth and relationships. I like how they all hated Priscilla and were celebrating that she was leaving. I know. <laughs> that was great. And this, the blacksmith or whatever. He's like, what did she had him make like... A pink of, sword. Yeah, like a pink sword. But one of the things I liked is because Priscilla obviously gave off like spoiled mean girl vibes. Is that like even though everybody was annoyed at her and stuff, they, were, they weren't like, oh, thank God she's le-, like, you know, like still wanted her to come back yeah you know so i i liked that yeah i thought that was a little bit different than we get sometimes Mm -hmm. there are some funny like so this book is like full of Mm one-liners which are great there are so many things that she says that are just like but um right um and she i mean it's You don't get, like, the modern-day city type of vibe. Like, I don't picture these people, and maybe they they have that, but I just think, like, a bunch of spice farmers and blacksmiths and things. You don't think about them using, like, modern-day language, I guess, or I don't know. There are a bunch. Yeah, that stood out to me, like, modern-day jargon that they use and Mm -hmm. stuff. And it was, it threw me the first time, like, the first time. I was like, oh, but... It, I liked it a lot, and that a lot of that was what made me laugh. It being thrown in like this, it was kind of jarring for some of it. Like the demon used it a couple times, right? Mm-hmm. Fallon used it, and I was like, "That's so strange." You know, ne- you do not think of demons like using modern day language and stuff like that. No, but I don't think of demons being like 
werewolves either or right. um like half snake people. So I think they were probably dragons. Yeah. I think demon is just kind of in like a encom- like all encompassing terminology for creatures maybe. Yeah, for like supernatural creatures cuz I I thought that too when like the they came across the werewolf because Fallon had horns. I was like, oh, demon, right? I didn't know at the time he could turn into a dragon. Um, so when they came across, like, werewolf and snake guy, I was like, but those aren't, like, those are creatures more so than demons. Because I always think demons come out of, you know, out of hell. Yeah. I wish that there had been maybe more explanation of, like, demon life and the place that they actually live. Is it yeah. Volstog? Volstog? It's mentioned, and it doesn't sound like a fun place, but I want to know, like, more about the story of how Maiva ended up becoming so powerful and manipulating all of the humans. And I think it's interesting that she has everybody fooled. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody. All those humans think that she's a goddess, and she's just like a leech. She just takes advantage of people and their ignorance. And then I also want to know what happens to the heroes that go off and serve her that are human because they don't come back. So does does she kill them eventually? I would think because the demons are crazed and she lets them out every, like, 15 years, right? She lets a couple out? I guess. That's I don't what know. I thought. I don't know if she was killing humans. I mean, they're still alive. The, the humans are still alive at the end of the story. They come out of her temple and they defend her. Mm-hmm. So are they defending her against other people that are trying to kill her? She gives one of them a staff that can shoot magic out of it. Yeah, it wasn't super well explained. Like, more details from that perspective would have been nice. Yeah. I loved Fallon mm-hmm. so much. Yes. He, he was adorable. Yep. He was. He comes, like, immediately, of course, has a nickname of Rabbit with her. I yes. love nicknames. I love that They're nickname. So it was adorable, and mm-hmm. it was different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I loved that nickname. He was like super that. slick, too. Like, he used the Hungry Man myth to get her <laughs> closer to him. He does another thing where he, like, hugs her. Like, she he secretly or is really slick about tricking her into getting closer to him. Like, it's just super cute. And then she kills an alligator. And he, like, just popped a boner and was like, I'm going to marry you. When this is over, we're getting married. You're going to be mine. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think he said, I'm not letting go of you or mm-hmm. something like this. Yeah. Yeah. It was so good. And then uh, Sin is like, Mm, I don't know about all that. And so she makes a bargain with him where it's like, if you can accrue a thousand points, like whatever these points are, then I'll agree with you. But like immediately after, he says, I wonder if you'll still be counting points after I've shredded your clothes with my teeth. Like, hello, sir. Mm-hmm. I would stop counting. And then yep. right after, he has a super long, detailed monologue about all of the things that he wants to do to her body. And it sends me. Like, more people need to be talking to their partners this way. It was so hot. Yes. It was. It was great. Yeah, I, I think that was one of my notes, too. Like, his dirty talk. Some of his dirty talk. Was, 
Yep. It was so <laughs> hot. Yeah, and that's, I think she gives him, like, 100 points just to leave her alone yeah. at that point. She's like, stop. Get away. <laughs> Get away from my loins. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. I don't even know why you fight it. You're like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, that yeah. works. Yeah, let's just get married. That's mm-hmm. what I would do. Um, I also really like Sin, too. She's hysterical. She's a good, like, strong, snarky, not taking any crap from anybody type of character. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also super clever and, like, an independent lady who governs her own, or not governs, but, like, is in charge of her own part of the spice farm and does does whatever she needs for herself. Like, she doesn't need a man. Mm-hmm. I just, one of my favorite scenes in this book is when she gets, like, or when Huckabee Boy tries to mug her and she just chases after him. You give me your cloak. Yes. That is so, I mean, she just, she is not going to take it from anybody. And then when she is later confronted by his brother for um, standing up to the kid the brother's like, you had no right to do that, and basically demands that she apologize to the kid for chasing him through the woods. And she says, you have a right to kiss my ass if you think I'm going to apologize for that. Like, yep. she is just so sassy. Mm-hmm. I love a strong lady. Hate that the brother then, like, smacks her. Oh my gosh, yeah, he throws her up against her cart and hits her in the face. And what I love immediately after that is that Fallon shows up and, like, breaks the guy's arm. Yeah, he goes to kill him, and she's like, whoa, 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 it's okay. It was just, like, a small thing. He's like, small? He hit you. Mm -hmm. Yes, and she's like, you can't just go around willy-nilly killing humans. Mm -hmm. I was like, but maybe you could kill that one. Yeah. He wasn't nice. Yeah. He was not a nice guy. So... I don't know. He gets stabbed, and I guess that'll do. <laughs> stabbed with a broken arm. Or dislocated shoulder? Yeah. Right. So, this is one of those, they they get closer as they basically camp and stuff. You know, it's that troop um, going through the woods together. Which, one of my favorites. I love it. Along with that, uh, what is it, the only one bed? <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but... She, at one point, like, pulls out a bottle of liquor, and he's like, where did that come from? And she's like, oh, it's from my snack pocket. Mm-hmm. And she has these really deep pockets, and she pulls out bread next. And I was like, that's amazing. I need mm-hmm. that. We she's need got sugar pockets. cubes in there. Mm-hmm. These are the pockets that we need. Not those crappy, like, only to your second knuckle type of pockets that you mm-hmm. can fit maybe a quarter and, a, like, a tube of chapstick in, and that's it. Like, yes. your fo- your whole phone won't even fit in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Those pockets suck. We need deep pockets. We do. Lots of them. And whenever I'm at the airport and they're like, oh, check and make sure, you're, like, nothing's in your pocket. And I'm like, nothing would fit in my pocket. It doesn't fit. Nope. Meanwhile, the men are over there with their deep pockets. And they're, like, like cargo to their pants, elbow, like, like Mary empty. Poppins pulling stuff out of their pockets. <laughs> and like, oh, let me just pull a lamp out. Here's an umbrella. Those are the pockets that we deserve. Yes. We've been slaves to purses long enough. (laughs) Yes. I know it definitely benefits capitalism. (laughs) And men. Because men men. never carry their own stuff if you have a woman with a purse. It's like, can you put this in your purse? Can you put this in your purse? And then suddenly your purse weighs 30 pounds. Like, Mm 
Yep. Nope. I gave up on purses. Yeah, a lot of times when I go out now, I just bring, like, I have a little wrist one. Mm-hmm. I'll bring that with me. And I'll have stuff, and sometimes I ask Tito, I'm like, oh, I have sunglasses. Will you put these in your pocket? And he's like, I don't want I don't have any room in my pocket. And I'm like, oh, look, yes, you do. Mm-hmm. We know you've got room. We know yep. you can stick your hand in all the way up to your elbow. Yep. Especially because he'd be like, when I used to carry purses, he'd be like, oh, put, like, can you put your keys in here? Can you put this in there? And be like, I have no room. And he's like, look how big your purse is. Of course you have room. Look how big your pockets are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You've got room. Mm-hmm. So she makes him promise not to kill humans, right? Mm-hmm. And he ends up breaking that promise and he feels really bad about it. But the human that he kills, or humans that he kills, they're rapists and they're awful. And so she says, please kill rapists. And I feel like this should just kind of be a universal rule. You know, the rapists just kill, kill the rapist. Along with, you know, if you see a Nazi, punch a Nazi or kill mm. a Nazi. Should feel like those some universal yeah. rules in life. Yeah, I feel like any time a man in any of these books says to the female, like, I'm going to do something with your mouth before mm-hmm. I kill you, like, instant death. They should just die. Yes, I hate that. I'll put that mouth to, like, better use or I mean, something. I any man. Mm-hmm. Dead, or not dead, fictional, real life, like, don't say that to people. In a context where the woman is not consenting, right, I was gonna say, it depends in- on the circumstances, but in this situation where the guy is a rapist, mm-hmm. I started talking about that, and then I started thinking, well, for some people, this is a kink, and yeah. no shame if that's you, your man should not be murdered in that circumstance, but... <laughs> <laughs> Don't go out there killing your kinky husband <laughs> or boyfriend. That is not what we meant, and also... No shame. You do you, boo. Boy, that was a tangent. <laughs> Let's get back on track here. Yes. So I learned a new word from this book that I had never seen before. Um, rapscallion? Rapscallion? Rapscallion. Rapscallion. I was wondering if it was scallion because it's scallion. Rapscallion. I'd never heard of it before, but it's where rascal comes from. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd never seen that word before. Well. Had you? Yeah. What? Yes. When? I don't, I don't know, know why I'm saying when like that as if you've betrayed me. I don't. <laughs> why didn't you tell me about this word? I don't have a specific memory <laughs> for when I, I saw this word for the first time. I have seen and heard this word before. For whatever reason, I have not. I know. No, Bless your why. heart. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen most words. Or I've seen a lot of words. Okay. There was something about this one that I was like, what? And then since I was on the plane and it wouldn't, like, hook up to see, like, what the definition was at first. Like, uh, in context, you could obviously, I was like, oh, but I won't, I like knowing sometimes the history of where it comes from. Because that's always fun. And I couldn't get that. Mm-hmm. So when I got off the plane and had access to internet again, I was like, okay, where's the rest of this information? I really like all of the mentions of food in this story. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the author is a foodie because she talks about, or from the South, like she talks about crawfish boils and I think she fries alligator at some point and she just talks about, like food gets brought up a lot 
And I love that in a story. That's one of my favorite things that I don't, I don't know, just like a random thing that gets mentioned. I love it when food is brought up. Or like I used to love, um, like in the Little House on the Prairie books, when Pa would go to town and he would come back, like the details of all of the meat and the salt and the pattern fabric and the candies and the stuff. Like I loved all of those little details like that. I really enjoyed all of the mentions of food in this story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the crawfish gave me southern vibes. Mm-hmm. So there's one point where he says swamp spiders, right? Is that what oh, he calls yeah. them? He calls them swamp spiders, and she gets really defensive. And so I made a note and thing. I too get defensive of my food choices. Yes, yeah. And then he catches crabs at the end and calls them sea spiders. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, right. It's cute. It's cute. He also, well, I guess kind of going back to the way he speaks. So at one point he goes, I can be your villain. Mm-hmm. That was good. And that was leading up to one of the sex scenes. Um, and I think that's one where he says, like, let me take away the burden of choice for a while. Mm-hmm. It was good. Yes. And then he calls her a good girl a few times. And yes. I, I was there for that, too. I need more praise books, like praise by Sarah Kate. So if anyone has any recommendations for praise books like that, please. I was trying to think today, how would you praise a man? Would you call him a good boy? I feel like that's how you, that's how I talk to my dog. I know, I feel like it would be weird. Good boy. I don't know if I could do it. What do you say to a man? Like, good man. (laughs) Well done, sir. I wonder if it's more like for, I wonder if it's more like a master... Yeah. Relationship sort of with men. And you don't think men could enjoy being praised? Well, no, like it is. I don't mean like, but like more like, I don't know if it would be like a boy or like, yes, that's a good slave or something. I don't know. I don't know. For a man? Well, I mean like they call, they say for women, it's like good girl. I don't yeah. know why you couldn't have a dom female and a sub male and call him a good but what because good boy doesn't sound right it sounds weird good lad (laughs) good chum (laughs) (laughs) if any of you people are into praise kink and you have a a fellow that subs for you what do you call him the people need to know for science Mm mm-hmm when they get to Wandermere, I love how they're both instantly like, yeah, the vibe's not cool here. Sin finds a man who's a werewolf, and the guy's being whipped so that he'll change into his werewolf and being skinned. Like, if you're a demon and you get skinned, do you die? I feel like you would die. I would hope so. I, you wouldn't want to live. That would be so painful. Yeah. I like how she bargained for the werewolf, though, and she was like, you've already injured him. Mm-hmm. Nobody will want that pelt. And also the commentary of, like, well, you have to haggle. Like, you can't just pay. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. That's not how we do things here. Mm-hmm. Haggling is a must. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, yeah, that was an awful town where they keep slaves, or demons as slaves, or pets, and they have collars, um, and are whipped. And it's where they meet Usha. 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 And I really liked her. I did too. I felt like she ended up being a really good friend. Also, she was funny and clever. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I like how, so they catch her eavesdropping, and they're like, are you going to be a problem? And she's like, well, if demons are actually sentient, then I didn't do anything to stop all this slavery, and I feel bad about it, and I don't like that. So, I like, it takes her zero convincing to be like, oh, yep, slavery's bad. Let's do something about it, which mm-hmm. is how it should be. Yep. Yes. And uh, I highlighted it, but I left my Kindle over there. Her whole thing is that she was um, said if, like, basically, like, if she was the one who was enslaved and somebody who was aware of, you know, the truth was walking by, she couldn't imagine what she would think of the monster who would do that or something like that. It was a good quote. I wish I could remember it off the top of my head. But I liked her a lot. She was passionate, too, mm-hmm. about doing the right thing. Yeah. It was interesting to me in this book that it took very little convincing of pe- for people to believe things. Mm-hmm. I felt like... They're just like, sure. Oh, yeah. Our goddess is actually a bad person, except the heroes. They w- It took more work to convince them. But, yeah. yeah I, I wonder what that says about their goddess. Like, is she just not very involved? Does she not do a good job of being a god? Like, feeling... Or, Maybe that she's not super involved with people, and that's why they're so quick to be like, oh, yeah, I could see that. She could be a bad person. Mm-hmm. But also, when they're having those confrontations with people where they're like, yeah, she sucks, a lot of times Sin has Fallon with her, and Fallon is sentient and capable of speaking normally and is obviously a demon and is not crazy. And so I feel like that probably lends a little bit to her case for being able to say, like, yeah, our goddess is actually terrible. I really like how, I feel like Usha is really clever, too. So she helps them come up with a plan in the, the, outside of the temple the next day to get the spice cart and she'll create the distraction. And, um, then after that, when Fallon has turned into a dragon and destroyed everything, she's like, hun, we gotta get out of town. We are criminals now. We have destroyed half of everything. Like, we need to go. And then she makes herself captain, which I think is really smart. Mm-hmm. I just really, I, I felt like she was a very clever character and I really liked her. Oh, so we find out that her sister died, right? Which we knew. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess. And it's really sad. They were off on an adventure, right? And they went in the swamp and she was tricked by one of those dog-like things Mm -hmm. and went in and was killed and um after that sin kind of lost her you know um love for adventure and stuff like that which obviously as one would but her boyfriend is was like well you're not fun anymore so bye basically and she doesn't really hold it against him but still that's shitty. Yeah, he sucks. Yeah. I hate him at the end, too, because he's like, that's my lady. Right? After she says, this is my husband. I'm married to this person. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, you're mine. Like, obviously not, Glenn. <laughs> she yeah. just said she's married. She's not your sweets anymore. I loved how Fallon was instantly like, I'm going to kill that guy. Yes. He does rip his arm off his body. Which is nice. Mm-hmm. Glenn. Good name for that. Glenn too. sucks. Yeah. Oh, I like that we have some representation in this story, too. So we have our female lead is a person of color. 
Yes. Yes, and her family, too. That's fantastic. Interracial interspecies relationship. Get it, sis. So after they destroy the second chalice, a phylactery. I really struggled with that word, phylactery. Yes, that's a special. That's a special word. Yes, I've never seen that one before. Oh, see, I've seen that one. Okay, well, (laughs) I got it. I got it. You get a point for that then. Yeah, I had never seen that word before. Um, After they destroy the second phylactery. Fallon takes off for the Coliseum, and, uh, what's her name? Sin, she runs after him, and there's, like, a bath, and they have the sexy times, and what happens? So they don't end up having penetrative sex in this moment, but it is, like, one of the hottest non-penetrative scenes I've read. It was fantastic, because he, um, pleasures himself, like, between her thighs, Mm -hmm. and it was so... It was so intense and just spectacular. Like, I would I would be fine if we had more scenes like that in um, romance novels. Yeah, I'd like to see more scenes like that, too. Just more creative scenes. Yes. And different... Exploring different ways that you can mm-hmm. find pleasure in another person's body without sticking your penis in an orifice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here for that. I mean, those are nice scenes, too. It's just there's so many ways to find pleasure in another person's body. And in yourself. Yeah. It's May and it's masturbation month, so. Is it? Yeah. I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah. May is masturbation month. So, I really liked that scene. And then, when they're on the ship, and Sin is finally like, yeah, I think I love you and we should get married. Fallon teases her. And then he, what, gives her. He bites her, right? He bites her. And then he's like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to have sex with you right now because mm-hmm. I've been, like, wanting to do this and haven't been able to. So I think I'm going to make you wait a little bit longer, too. That's so mean. Like, mutual just... suffering. <laughs> oh. But, like, to make it worse, like, he bit her and she basically, like, went into heat, right? Yeah. That's sort of what happens with the, what do they call it? Like, the honeymoon? Yeah. Right? Like, a mating honeymoon or something? I mean, something? it's, like, really intense edging. Is it edging? Yeah, edging, yeah. I guess. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that counts as edging. No, I think it's just like horniness, intense arousal. Yeah. They run into another dragon. And I forget his name, but he's a storm dragon. And so there's all these different types of dragons, which I want to know more about. I, she's got some other books in this series. I wonder if she explores that anymore in the other ones. Um,. But that dragon is a storm dragon, and we find out that Fallon is a shadow dragon. And they have, like, all their different dragons with different abilities, which I think is interesting. They said in the book that it takes, like, 300 years to master your dragon. Mm-hmm. And Fallon is only, like, 120. Mm-hmm. Just a child. A baby dragon. Yeah. Teenage, I guess. Teenage dragon. Mm-hmm. I love in that scene when... So the dragons are fighting... Mm-hmm. And Sin gets on her winged horse and zooms up into the air. And she's like, boy, I really don't want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when we have characters. So, like, this is very contrary to, like, the um, Selena Sardothian who's just balls to the wall all the time. We have a female character who's like, I don't want to be adventurous. I don't want to do this. I don't want to be here. But I am, so I guess we're going for it. She's very much like... 
not feeling it, but she refuses to back down. So she jumps off of her horse onto the storm dragon to destroy the chalice. Like, you go, sister. I feel like that that's more representative of the everyday type of person. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not a Selena Sardothian. I would love to be. But I am not that type of brave person who just goes in, balls to the wall with danger. I'm like a... I'm like this person, Sin, who says, I don't want to, I don't want any part of that. I want to avoid the danger and just be a farmer. (laughs) (laughs) I like adrenaline, but like the adrenaline actually comes with things like feeling like you're in danger, like roller coasters and horror movies and stuff like that. But no, in real life, also how much work you have to put in to do these things and plans that you have to come up with, like, mm mm-mm. Yeah, it's a lot of work to be a hero. They crash land on the beach, mm-hmm. and Sin passes out, wakes up, being carried into, like, a waterfall or whatever, because it's time for the sexy times, and they have them, but what is hysterical is that Usha shows up and cockwalks <laughs> yes. them, and it's so funny. <laughs> but then she leaves, and she's like, they're doing it. Like, we'll come back later. We'll come back. And uh, Fallon is like, okay, let's get keep going. And Sin is like, what? No. Mood killed. We're not doing this. <laughs> <laughs> they end up making it to Ubin's Eye, which is where the last chalice is. And, you know, they destroy Maiva. And Usha ends up helping. She ends up being really helpful um, to sin in the destruction of this awful person um and i guess it sounds like maybe uh fallon absorbs whatever powers maiva had because now he has like some of her extra magical abilities Mm -hmm. which is a neat trick yeah and sin has some of fallon's Mm -hmm. yeah because they're married I love how she starts to make fireballs, like, mm-hmm. almost immediately. Oh, yeah. And he's like, it'll be several years. And she's like, no, nah, I'm just gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna try Manifest now. it. Manifest it. You can think it, you can do it. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, I love how they get married and there's, like, zero ceremony. He's just like, okay, do you want to get married? And she's like, yep. Then that's it. Like, okay, we're married. At the end... She doesn't end up killing Priscilla. I think Priscilla ends up being okay. Glenn loses an arm. Two of the... No. What's his name? Fallon eats one of the heroes who tries to attack Sin. And then he, like, puts her to sleep and flies away with her, which I feel like is a very dragon thing to do. Yes. Because dragons hoard their treasure. Mm-hmm. It's very dragonish. Yes. And so he puts her to sleep because he's mad and takes her to an island, the island that they got cock-blocked on. And she wakes up days later, and he's, like, built an oasis for them, which is super sweet. And I love how, like, at the end, he's so panicked about her almost dying that he takes her to this island with no intention of her ever leaving again. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I'm going to stay here forever, aren't I? And he's like, yep, I was scared. (laughs) And he also doesn't want to give up any of the island. He's like, this is our island. She's like, why don't we split it mm-hmm. <laughs> with some people? So he's like, fine. But half of it is ours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's real cute. Yes. Very, very much a dragon mm-hmm. in those moments, though. Yes. Very possessive. Very much guarding his horde. Like, who? yes. Mm-hmm. 
but it's adorable. And I know she's worried about being with him and him getting bored, right? Mm -hmm. And he says that, you know, she can never be boring and that when he saw her with her family, he didn't realize how much he wanted that. Mm -hmm. It's like, ugh. It's adorable. It's adorable. And also that he's known that she was his mate for like the entire time that they've been together. There's another character that we haven't really talked about, but he's so metal. I want to mention him. It's Ambrose, the Lamia, the half man, half snake demon. Mm -hmm. He is super cool. And he is so angry at being violated by the people who enslaved him. And it's just like his energy is just so metal he says the grandchildren of those who hurt me will weep at the sound of my name after i throw them in the pyre of my hatred and dance in the rain of their ashes like Mm -hmm. dude yes love and overprotective or just Just angry angry snake man yeah those intense moments fallon says this is about sin though he goes Every scratch, every bruise, I will pay back in fire and blood. Love it. Yeah. Passionate men talking about how they're going to burn stuff down. and Let's talk about our favorite quotes. Sure. So, I actually had three. I had demons and goddess... Oh, demons and goddess shit should be left to the chosen one. I was just the tired one, so I'd leave it at that. Relatable. Then I had, kind of along the same lines, who wouldn't want to go off on a grand adventure with a bunch of hot heroes also chosen by the goddess? Me, bitches. Mm-hmm. And then finally, I really liked this one because um, she was talking about whether or not they should actually have a ceremony, like, in a church. And Fallon goes, darling, we burned down the church. Yes. I really liked, uh, Fallon says this basically to everyone. He says, Intruders will catch my flames. When he's talking about when all of this is over, they're going to get their own island. And he's just going to hole up with sin forever. If they're disturbed, he will set you on fire. I love that energy. Let's go for it. Alrighty. Anything else? That's it. Okay. Well, then in that case, that wraps up That Time I Got Drunk and Saved a Demon by Kimberly Lemming. Uh, next week, we'll be talking about Crown of Chaos by Amelia Hutchins. It's the fourth book, fourth book in that series. So we've covered the other ones last year, I think. Um, so join us for that. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Literary Quest. We hope you enjoyed our episode. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we can be found at Literary Quest Podcast on Instagram or Facebook. You're also welcome to share your thoughts and ideas with us via email at literaryquestpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks again.